0: What's going on, guys? Zach here. Before we dive into this episode with Sterling Cooper, I wanted to bring up today's sponsor. Today's podcast is sponsored by PeacefulFathers.com. That's run by Anthony Migliorino. Anthony and I were recently in Vegas where he gave an excellent presentation on peaceful parenting and ways to better connect with your children. He's continuing that message on all social media at peacefulfathers Fathers, as well as his website, PeacefulFathers.com. Pay attention to this brand as it's about to pop off which makes perfect sense as we dive into this episode with Sterling Cooper, where we're talking about family and how myself, a family-focused man, can have a conversation on masculinity, virtues, fatherhood, and the need for family men to focus on themselves and improving their relationships with their women in order to improve the world. Now, Sterling Cooper is an adult star. He's a porn star. That's what he does. He gets paid to have sex. So how does that relate to me? How do we get along? Listen, and you'll find out. And don't be turned off by his profession. understand this. There's more to a man than what he does for a job. There's more to a man than his relationship status. I guarantee by the end of this episode, your preconceived notion as to who this man is and what it is he has to bring to the table will change. Listen, take notes, apply the information, and improve your life. Now let's get into this episode with Sterling Cooper on the Family Alpha Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Family Alpha Podcast. A place where men, families, and the truth have a voice. The information shared on this podcast is meant to be applied. Now, here's your host, Zach Small, founder of thefamilyalpha.com and co-founder of of thefraternityofexcellence.com. Let's get to work.
0: Welcome to another episode of the Family Alpha Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Zachary Small, and today I am joined by Sterling Cooper, Author, adult film star, or porn star, if we were trying to find the best way to say that, video creator, and recently a, a creator in the men's space, helping men be their best selves. I met Sterling in Las Vegas. You know, We crossed paths prior to, but I really got to meet the man at the Conference of Masculine Excellence, and I was blown away. And on the, on the spot, I'm like, hey, man, I need to get you on the podcast. There's a lot I want to talk to you about, and I know people are going to hear this, and they're going to think the family alpha, adult film star, what are we doing here? You're about to find out. Sterling, welcome to the show. Good to
1: have you uh, interview me, Zach. I'm like, um, like I said, I had the same same thoughts just before we went live. Like, ah, crap, Zach's going to get all kinds of shit for, for having me on, uh, you know, with your brand and your, uh, what, what you sort of spouse. But like we, we kind of talked about when I was in Vegas with you, it's, uh, people make a whole lot of assumptions about somebody like me, given what I, I do for a living, my background as an as a adult film star. They don't realize that a lot, particularly a lot of like uh, guys who are kind of conservative or, or family men, right? They actually don't realize that I share a hell of a lot of their values and, and uh, I share a lot of the similar outlooks on on masculinity, on family, on male-female dynamics that they do. I just, uh, I just happen to lay pipe for, uh, for, for cash here and there.
0: You know, that was the thing, you know, before the whole event even kicked off, you had walked up to me like, hey man, I, I did your work. I was like, holy shit. Like, I, I never, I didn't know that. You know, we, I think we were following, but we hadn't really engaged. And then yeah. we started talking. And I was like, this guy's fucking awesome. <laughs> let's, let's go. Yeah, let's yeah. have these discussions. And the more we spoke, the more I realized you've got a lot more to you than your video content that, you know, I didn't even know you from that industry. I knew you mm. from the, the Twitter, you know, manosphere, the man space, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So I was like, holy, let, let's, let's dive That's deeper.
1: Let's peel back those layers as to what makes the man. That's the beautiful thing about Twitter. That I like because that's where we started following each other and it's that you, it, Twitter is just about ideas it's all it is it's just you you putting your brain onto the internet for people to sort of critique and you know if you do that enough you start to gain a bit of traction and you start to to kind of attract like-minded individuals who you're like this guy's saying something that I kind of agree with over here this guy's saying something that I kind of agree with over there and you you know you start to branch out and and for me it's like the whole like the the space I I dabble in, in in Twitter is I guess you could say it's the man the manosphere space, uh because that's what I I'm I'm interested in because, for me it's yeah I man, there's a, a million different rabbit rabbit holes I can go down here right now but be, doing what I do right being being uh in the pornographic industry, <laughs> I love you, the tone you go to there, <laughs> <laughs> you know got to keep it keep it uh, classy here. Uh, <laughs> Being in that industry, you you unfortunately see the ramifications of a society that treats men kinda of as, as second class citizens, or well, that treats men as like failed women. And it treats you know what I mean? Like like you know how boys are kind of taught in schools that they're like <laughs> they're just defective girls. Yeah, our sons are you know, broken daughters. Sons of Broken Daughters, uh, you know, in, in in the porn industry, you kind of see the end result of that. And I'm, and what I mean by that is you see it in the fans. You see it in the the guys who are subscribing to OnlyFans accounts, the guys who are long-term fans of, say, a particular model. Uh, and you, you see this sort of... One of the things that most people don't realize about the adult film industry is that some people would assume naturally that all the male actors all and all the guys in the industry are like really macho masculine manly men uh and that's not the case at all they're they're what you would call i mean i don't know if you you use the terms like blue pill red pill very much Zach, but this is the only the the best way i know how to describe it right is that they're very very blue pill they're very bought All the guys in the adult entertainment industry, with the exception of this man right here, are basically all sort of plugged into the feminist narrative. That's the best way of saying it. They're all very, very much plugged into that feminist narrative of like women can do no wrong uh, if it's, you know, whatever a woman approves of is the correct thing. And I had this discussion actually with, with, uh, with Jack Donovan when I had him on my show and it was i've come to this conclusion that there's two different worldviews that people are basing their life around one is the kind of worldview that you and i base our life around and that is of or the foundation of our worldview is what is objectively true right and then there's a whole bunch of other people who are basing their worldview around this foundation of what is it that women approve of what what gets female approval that must be right and correct and accurate uh, you know, because they've been taught this this narrative of, of, of you know, kind of third-wave feminism, and women were slaves of the evil patriarchy, if we re- re- rewind the clock, you know, a hundred or two years. And, and all these things kind of have knock-on effects, and, you know, in today's day and age, one of those effects is guys incessantly fapping to internet pornography uh, to sort of release... That pent up sexual frustration and pent up sexual desire that they have, and uh, yeah, you said you said this just now before we went live that one of the things that you were shocked about when I went on stage at the CME, uh, the Conference of Masculine Excellence, where we met in Vegas, was that I the first thing, first words out of my mouth were "Don't don't watch porn," <laughs> as so a, as a guy in the industry. I have to. Know, are you still in the industry? Are you still active? Like your I, career I'm is still Very going? very rare. Like I I try to shoot like. You know, at least like once a month, just to stay relevant. Yeah. And the the only reason I'm doing that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, is like one, so I can uh, get girls onto my podcast to interview them because that's fun content for my YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, totally selfish reason. <laughs> uh, and two, so I because there's a degree of credibility with being like with what I teach guys. There's obviously that degree of credibility of being an an active performer versus right. a retired performer, and I like to keep make sure keep myself on my toes to a degree so I make sure i'm not like getting rusty uh in in what i'm teaching guys that works in the bedroom for overcoming performance anxiety and then and, you know nerves and, and erectile dysfunction and these sort of things so i make sure i sort of i keep myself sharp
0: like no, that's perfect i, I never yeah.
1: want to bring up or spin the wrong angle and all of a sudden now like oh shit i just ruined sterling's career <laughs> no, no. like you're still active i don't want to bring up things that are going to bring it down I, I'm an open book man you can ask that, that's the thing I pride myself on you can ask me goddamn anything and you know, it's, it's, I am going to tell you the t- honest to God truth and you know if that's people hate me and they love me for that so which is fine you know
0: let it happen like I said people are gonna have an issue that you're on here people had an issue that I was friends with the Tate brothers I'm like yeah I like their content Goldman unleashed all these yep. guys who are yep. not really pushing the message I'm pushing but yeah. I'm like I don't care you know and that's one of the things it's interesting when you're talking about the the fan base watching, you know, they're all watching porn and they see guys like you, they see all these men who are the the creators of, of you're having sex. You're the one on the video having sex with the woman. Mm. They think that's the apex of masculinity. Mm. You know, and it's interesting. I see guys, uh, there's a whole separate group. They see, you know, fathers, you guys are the apex yeah. of masculinity. But how many porn stars do you know, who, like you just said, who are blue pill following the feminine imperative? And yeah. then I'm looking at this from my industry fatherhood. How many of these dads are dad bods? They're, they're afraid of their wives. I'm like, you're, you're saying patriarchy, but I'm seeing all these weak patriarchs. You're saying, oh, alpha, you know, having sex with all these women, but they're all broken too. There's, yeah. there's, a, there's this weird misconception as to what makes it right. And that's yeah. why I, I see a lot in your content, especially in the discussion with Jack. I see a lot in my content, obviously with how I'm trying to spin things is that you make your reality. It's not a certain like box you can check. You can't. Oh, I had sex with ten women. Now I'm a man.
1: That's not how that works. Yeah, man. It's it's really not. And there's like, because the truth lies somewhere in the middle, as with most things, right? And look, you can you can have sex with all the all the women in the world, and it doesn't it it isn't. It just mean it just means you're good at one particular skill set, and that is either like well being good in bedroom in the bedroom or seducing women. You can have a whole bunch of other things in your life that aren't working properly and are making you unhappy. And this is kind of what led me to this space in the first place. This is what led me down this path of like learning about masculinity, discovering it. And it started, I honestly got it started with Jack Donovan's book, The Way of Men, uh, several years ago. And it's, I, I, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to try and I'm not try to shit on my dad here, but I'm going to give you a bit of a background about my father. So you kind of understand where I'm coming from when I, what I'm about to say next. So my, my father was a provider. Like I, I come from, like most people have this assumption, you know, uh, the stereotype, oh, he's in the adult industry. His, his parent, He must have come from a broken family. Far from it. My, my parents were, uh, my, my mother is unfortunately deceased, but my parents were together for their, like my entire adult life, like stable family, like literally like three kids, two parents, two-parent household my whole life. Stay-at-home mother, working dad. It's like as picture perfect as you could probably write. Uh, however, with that being said, my dad was a provider. So he would like work his ass off every day. He'd come home from work. All he wanted to do was sit in his, sit in his lounge chair, drink a beer, watch the news and fall asleep. That was, that was like his day. And then weekends he'd go play golf at the golf club. So there wasn't really any with, with me or my brother, if I'm being honest, my brother is actually, my brother's, uh, 10 years older than me. So what does that make him now? He was uh, 44. And he, as far as I am aware, he's a virgin still. No joke. He is a, um, and he's never had a girlfriend in his life. So me, me and my brother are like polar opposites. Uh, that's, really. that's insane to hear. That's crazy. Yeah, most, yeah. that's another weird thing about... My, I, I, my life is weird, Zachary. There's probably a lot. <laughs> to, like, this is going to be like a 45-hour segment in the there's Sterling lot, Cooper show. <laughs> there's a lot to this. Uh, but anyway, getting back to that, like, there's a, the reason that my brother's like that and the reason that I ended up going down this sort of rabbit hole of masculinity is because my father wasn't a, wasn't a teacher. Right? He didn't pass on any masculine virtues. He didn't teach me how to be a man. And that, you know, and, and I love him. To, I love him to death. And me and him get along great. We're we're good friends, you know. And we every time every. Unfortunately, he's back in Australia, and I'm over here. Uh, but whenever I get a chance, I always like to hang hang out with him and tell him I love him. But looking back on my childhood, you know, as a man who wants to be a father, in you know, in the next few years, I'm looking at okay. Well, where did he go wrong that caused, you know. Uh, frustration and confusing uh, you know like any, any kind of frustration in my life where did he go wrong which what could he have done better which could have like helped my life path a bit and for me it's like well you know getting and doing and being involved with your kids doing things with your kids and teaching them the way of the world so they don't have because i've had to spend 34 goddamn years <laughs> learning how the world actually works and I've I'm, and I'm finally figured it out, Zach. It's, it's taken me, you know, I, I'd like to, in the last year, I have, like, all these different things have kind of coalesced into, like, a kind of crystallized into, like, okay, this is exactly how shit works. And most of that 34 years has been unprogramming feminism that we're sort of raised with. And I thought, my dad grew up in, like, a small country town, farm boy, like, working outside with his dad, right? And I'm like, that's what most boys are actually missing is that you learn to be a man through osmosis with your father or with, you know, working out in the, in the fields, working out in in the shop with your dad, with your uncle, with your grandfather, whatever you learn what it's like to be a man by being around other men. And unfortunately we sort of charged into in modern society. We charged women with the task of turning boys into men and you know, there's this what's the old saying? Like, women make great mothers and terrible fathers. <laughs> you know, you can't, a woman can't really give a, give a young boy what he needs when it comes to, you know, ma- that masculine polarity. And you see that with, you know, the problems of of young boys who are raised in single mother households, you know, more like, more prone to, to be dropouts, more prone to be uh, offenders like, uh, and commit crimes and things like that. So... All like, like I said, all this sort of ties back, but for me, that uh, not ha- being and it, it puts a lot of burden on a, on a, on a man as a father, I suppose, me, me taking this position. But you might, you probably agree with me on this that like a father <laughs> has his, his, his role is more than just providing, his role is to sort of show his kids how the world works, and, and so that they're, they're, they have a solid foundation and a worldview with which to go out and operate. Because otherwise, you're working with a faulty roadmap, and of course, you're gonna you're not gonna end up where you want to go if you've got a faulty roadmap. You know, it, it's in that there's sort of two charges that are being dropped there. You know, the one
0: uh, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Anthony Reno, he's the one who gave the presentation afterwards on peaceful parenting. He talks a lot about people's inability to face their childhood, to overcome those issues, and they they sort of manifest through issues they're having as an adult. You know, but you're not doing that. You're sort of you're doing the opposite of that. You're like, you're diving in the deep end of why am I the way I am? What mm-hmm. did happen to my childhood? How can I go through this? How did that change me? And you're getting a really good perspective. You know, we were having cigars and we were talking about, you know, your future and things you wanted to do. And I was like, yeah, man, like, you're you're taking all the right notes. You're asking all the right questions. And that was awesome to see, mm-hmm. you know, because when I see that, like a lot of men don't want to do that. And the other part of this is with fathers, you know, your dad might've gone and crushed it. And there are a lot of men these days they go out and they are crushing it at work. You know they're doing these great things. They're making these big million-dollar sales. They're working at the factory. You know, swinging that sledgehammer, whatever it may be. And then they come home. They're like, "Man, I'm tired from the job." So yeah. the job got the best of them, and now their family only gets what's left. They get the rest of them. Thank so you. when they're sitting there and putting their feet up, watching Netflix, they want to relax. And to a degree, yeah, it's earned. But when you take on a family, you you don't get that relaxation. You get out of the car dead tired, and your kids like, "Hey, I want to go play catch." All right, let's go play catch. Yeah, yeah. Or, or all they see, what they know their father to be is a man who's always relaxing. They never saw the man make the sale or crush the cinder cinder blocks or, or you know yes. do shit at work. They only know a man who relaxes, and that's what a man is. And that is so far from what a man needs to be. But that's how we got here because, dude, like you said, women make great mothers, great wives. They are not fathers. Yeah. You know, and if you have a kid who's in school, let's say from five until 99 percent of those are teachers are female. Maybe you have like a male gym teacher, maybe a male science or math teacher. That can't be their only influence because Mm. dad's always fucking gone, except for that once a month, you know, camping trip or whatever the hell, if that, that he does. It's just, there's not enough presence of masculinity in any boy's lives. And, you know, to a degree daughters.
1: Yeah. And especially daughters. I mean, yeah, we can, we can go down that rabbit hole talking about the the women that I work with in my industry, you know, and I, I assume a lot of your followers would probably not be happy if their daughter ended up doing uh, ended up shooting a scene with me, for example. That's a safe I- assumption. <laughs> a safe assumption. Uh, so, how do you prevent that, gentlemen? Well, <laughs> here we go. Be a strong father. That's how you prevent that. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't like stereotypes. If anything, I like to disprove stereotypes. But if there's one thing I have definitely seen that is a common thread in the women in my industry, it is that they don't have a very strong relationship with their father, um, or he wasn't a very str- a mask a very or he wasn't a masculine role model he was a feminine father that is probably even more common that the father was was more feminine and what the mother what would you say is worse though with what you've seen what would you say the absent father or the weak father probably the absent yeah yeah uh yeah probably the absent father it's i mean it's hard it's it's hard to sort of
0: i I know that's a tough question but you're in the hot seat right now so i get to ask the hard questions
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna say it's probably the absent father uh, but but here's the thing, like, and and you look, like you said, yeah, you you're you know you talk to the Tate brothers, and I'm also friends with the Tate brothers, and I know they have a they have a certain model of fatherhood, uh, which is very different to your model of fatherhood, you know, like practically, and uh, which which is based upon how they were raised by their father, and it's a very distant model, but it is a high impact when he's around model, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah okay you might have a distant father who's he might not be in the household all the time but what but okay when he is around what's his impact you can make an impact even I mean obviously you can because look at where the Tates have ended up right like you can make an impact as a father being a if you're not around all the time but you have to be it has to be a very very strong and influential you know presence so I'm, I'm kind of, like like I said I've that's why I ask you questions. I ask them questions. I'm asking like everyone who I know who has kids, how are you making this work? And and why are you doing the things you do? Because I, you know, I, I, what's, the, what's the saying? If you uh, fail to pre- if you fail to prepare, then prepare to fail. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got that right. <laughs> so yeah, that's
0: an interesting point too. You know, if there's 30 days in the month, if you see your dad, but you only see him at 10% for those 30 days, that's worse than if you see him 10 times out of those 30 days, but he's 100% engaged with you, passing lessons and fully in your business, telling you and, and engaged, like I said, like lock the fuck in, Yep. but only 10 days, but you get hundred yep. percent. That's going to leave a
1: deeper impact. I agree with that. Even I don't live that, but I do agree with that. I mean, I really liked what you said a second ago, uh, and it, it only clicked to me just now when you said you learn to see if you're all your father does when he is when, you, when you're around him as he comes home and relaxes then you learn that that's what a man is is a guy who relaxes and 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 zach you you perfectly described my father you just perfectly described what what my image of my father was because i never saw him doing the hustle i never saw him you know like like elbow deep in grease working on trucks working on cars My dad's a mechanic uh i, I never got i was never around that seeing that seeing all the hard i know he was a hard worker i know he's a hard worker the man's forearms are thicker than my torso he's like he's <laughs> he's moved some wrenches in his life i know he's a he's a strong man even at like 70 he can still kick most guys ass so i know he's worked his whole life but i've never i was never around it and i never saw it and that's and that's pretty important not to say, not that's not to say that like as a as a father or a man, you have to be like, oh, well is me, here's my burden. Watch me watch me be a beast of burden. It's it's not that. It's you know, showing discipline, showing strength, like showing what what focus and determination is, showing what showing showing somebody, showing your kid like why you do the things you do. You know, that providing heaven forbid, providing for a family, providing for your loved ones gives you joy and purpose in life. You know, a a young boy seeing that out of his father is a very, very powerful thing. Like you said, with the osmosis, uh,
0: I interact and, I guess, connect closer with my son when we're throwing a ball or we're working on whatever in the yard. Mm. We're not going to sit at the table. Hey, son, let me talk to you about masculinity. Like that's that's never the discussions we have. It's always doing a thing, him observing me doing the thing, you know, Mm -hmm. but I will say I do take it a step further in the discussions as to like, here's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm. Well, why do you have to go to Vegas? You know, we're, we're doing whatever. Well, let me tell you, I'm going and I'm going to be working with a lot of men and they're going to start helping themselves. When mm. I go there, I kind of share my story and he sort of sees it, like, all right, this is what my dad does, yeah. why he does it. But even the same thing, we have a home gym. Come, He's with me. He's working out. I'm working out. My daughter's working out. You know, we're all together doing this thing and they're, they're sort of seeing that. Mm. But at the same time, it's not 100% unspoken. Sometimes I do have those discussions. Hey, here's why we are the way we are. Here's why your friend is allowed to have a phone at this age. And you're not, here's what they're doing, you know, and it's interesting how that bleeds into not just understanding their place in the world and why we do what we do, but they start picking up at a very young age and sort of critiquing it themselves. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go to McDonald's. My kids, my daughter said she doesn't even want to go to the bathroom at McDonald's. She said that place is just gross. They've not had fast food in years. They don't even know what the hell it tastes like. If I gave them a happy meal, they wouldn't know what the fuck it was, you know? And, That's sort of, yeah, that's sort of how we run things in our home. But they start to see that in others and the divisions already happening. Mm. And then what's unfortunate is you see a lot of men who have and a lot, a lot more who have not. And they've got to overcome all of this. And that's where people like yourself, people like myself who are putting these messages out, Mm. people look to me and they're like, you're the dad I never had. And I saw, you know, I think it was on your website. It says the older brother most didn't have the surrogate yeah. older brother. Yeah. And you're the one talking to them about, hey, here's how, you know, with women, you can improve your sex life, improve your health, improve your mindset. You know, you're right. Um, we were talking about Phil Foster. So big shout out to another friend of ours, Phil Foster, with his, uh, his supplements. He's got the pre workout going Dr- right drinking,
1: now. Drinking Phil Foster's pre workout right now. When this stuff goes to market, it is going to fly off the shelves. This stuff is amazing. It's incredible, and, you know. And to
0: the point, you know, he's a father who's pushing that message. Though you need to, you need a father figure. You need to be hard and strong because your kids are following your example, not your advice. Don't be the fat ass watching Netflix, saying, "Hey, son, why aren't you working out or training for your sport?" Yeah, you're the dad. You have to set that tempo, you know. Yeah. And I, it's I really enjoy seeing you pushing that message now because I think you're helping a lot of men that would never have searched for my content.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, you summed it up perfectly. You're, you're, you're the example you're, you're, you're doing, you're not talking, right? Even though you can talk like, and, and the obvious situation is when your son is asking you a question of like, why do we do this? How do we do that? What's this mean? What's that mean? You're able to sit him down and actually explain the world to him. But deeper than that, it's like a man, isn't what he says he is. A man is what he does consistently. So he's seeing, okay, what's my dad doing consistently? Like, this is what I'm going to emulate and, and you know, and look up to and observe. And yeah, like, I get called the, like, that's just something I, I had from, you know, reading my YouTube comments. Like, oh, you're like the big brother I never had. Cause, you know, you can have, you can have, you can't really, you don't really have conversations about like sex with your father. You have them with your brother. Yeah. You know. That's the older brother is one passing the shit that dad doesn't really want to engage. He's like, exactly. He finds he that off. Exactly. That's you. That's your role. <laughs> exactly. So that's my role. And it's like, okay, and, and that's the big brother. I, and that's the brother that I never had. Yeah. Because my brother never did that kind of thing. So it's it's nice to be able to be in, and because in a way, it's kind of a preparation for me for becoming a father. It's like, okay, what am I teaching these young men? What questions are they coming to me with? What concerns are they coming to me with? What problems are they having in their life? And okay, well, how can, I, how can I diagnose these problems and figure out what the root cause of them and we can fix them together? Because I like helping guys. I'm not, you know, that's it's, and that's why I do this now m- much, much, much more than I do my adult film stuff because it's just far more fulfilling. Yeah. And I can apply my, I, t- I can take from my experiences in the, in the adult film industry. And not only the adult film industry, I'm even, I'm even more of a de- 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 degenerate, unfortunately, Zach. Before that, I was uh, back in Australia. I used to work as a high-class male companion. That was another one of my jobs. Uh, I've, been paid, I've been paid to lay pipe for several years now. So that <laughs> you're good at it, craft, man. <laughs> like everybody has their skill. Everybody got their skill set, right? And, <laughs> and, but that is that's why I'm able to teach it because I'm, I've 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 got this experience in different sort of areas with different contexts, and and I'm kind of like cerebral, so I'm able to break it down. Like most guys in my industry aren't really silly. They're kind of like the jock types more than anything else. So they're mm-hmm. just like. You know hot woman uh like that's as as far as the thought process kind of goes with me i'm able to like sort of be a little bit self uh, self-reflective self-critic self-critical and analyze what okay well how did i get to this mental state where i'm able to do the way, do what i do and so i could teach that to young men and in particular I, i'm i'm able to like listen to guys and you know be a be not a shoulder the cry on, but be like lend an ear because a lot of dudes, like, and I do this in, like, sort of Zoom coaching calls and group sessions and stuff, where they'll be like, oh, man, I was so nervous with this girl. I was nervous with that girl. I was, I, I had this thought going through my head, and it led to this problem. And because most dudes don't have anyone to talk to that about. You know, they're not going to. All male
0: they, spaces have been shunned. There's a reason I created the Fraternity of Excellence. You know, exactly. I know you have a community. I've got a community. These communities are, are popular for a reason. There's no boys locker rooms in physical proximity. So they're turning to the internet to find a a locker room of sorts where they can have these discussions Mm -hmm. free from the taboo around them, you know, and you hit that directly in your presentation. I can't wait for that speech to drop. You know, when you went on there and you're like, look, I I make porn. You should stop watching porn. What we're going to talk about is how you can stop consuming sex and start getting better with your sex life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you went through your whole list of things that could help men, you know, mentally, uh, physically, just get everything working much better than it is. And I was like, holy shit, like that's the message. Like men are so afraid to ask these questions. So mm. you didn't wait for it to be asked or maybe you culminated everything that you've sort of learned and have been asked prior and decided to lump it together and put it out for the world. Yeah, that was it basically. You you, you nailed it though. You, you you hit the thing that men were like,
1: I want to know this, but I'm afraid mm. to ask this. Yeah, it's, it's the question they silently Google like when the, no one's around. Yeah, the private browser. There, how yeah. do I have better sex? Because it's it's you know it's it's definitely something that is uh you know intimately intimately linked to our manhood, our masculinity is like the thing between our legs, like and 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 it's an expression of our intent with women, right? It's like that's that's. Can't, uh, it's an expression of your unapologetic masculinity. Your unapologetic masculine intent is old boy downstairs, rising to attention, doing what you want him to do. And a lot of guys, are, uh, especially in this day and age, a lot of guys are like, uh, feel guilty about being a man. They feel guilty about having sexual intent with a woman. They feel, they've been made to feel like they're predators. They've been made to feel like they're a sexual you know, assaultist just waiting to happen. You know, and that's, that's terrifying. Like are you telling, telling young and in schools these days, they teach young boys that like, you know, they're bad and they're evil and, you know, they've oppressed women for generations and they should feel guilty about, about atrocities of the past and that they're, uh you know, they're dangerous to women and all these sort of things. It's like, Dear God, do you expect, like, how do you expect any boy to grow up healthy and and, and mentally stable when you're telling him that shit at a young age, you know? And that's and, that's the point, you know,
0: that's such a primal part of who we are as men. You know, when your testosterone shoots, you go through puberty. Yeah, Sex is not a bad thing. Sex is not a taboo thing. But mm. when you're made to feel shame about wanting it, mm. you start to repress that. You start to, the only type of toxic masculinity is repressed masculinity. Absolutely. You know, and Absolutely. that is... That is the the saddest state of all of this is that these men are you're hiding it back you, like who you are. And that's what women want. They want a man. Yes. But yes. the message is not matching and men are confused. And I, I fully get it. You see it everywhere. And it's it's if you're not an involved father being the shield, protecting your kids from it. Like my son would have already been swept up by the feminist movement. Like mm. already he'd have been like, oh, you know, I, I can't talk to girls. I can't be mean. I can't be aggressive or competitive. Those are bad things. Fuck that. No way. Like, no way will I let that happen to my boy. How do you, how, I'm curious, how have you sort of shielded him from that? So, we, I directly address a lot of it. We filter a lot of the incoming content. So, the things when he went to school, so we homeschooled for the first year this last year. This is the end mm-hmm. of our first year. Um, we had pulled him out of public school. But prior to that, he was in a charter school. I asked him every single day, what did you learn? Mm-hmm. How was your day? What was the best party day? What was the worst? You know, my son, we, since he was born, nothing has been off limits. Yep. So he'll ask me what is God, what is death? And I, I never say, don't, don't talk about that. Don't bring yep. that up. So that's allowed him to be very open and same with my daughter. So I'm, yep. I'm answering for my son, but this goes for both kids. The other day, you know, he's like, well, why don't boys grow boobs? Huh. You know, cause he's trying to figure out like, well, why does girls' bodies change, but boys don't, but we're both going through puberty. Why, why yep. does one do this and not that? Yeah. I know a lot of boys who'd be too embarrassed to ask their parents. Mm. He's not embarrassed to ask me anything. And therefore, when things come up or, or things happen at school, I was ahead of the curve. I knew what was going on. I knew what was being told to him. And if it ever went too far, I'm going to the school. Like, we're going to have a, a conversation. You will not be speaking to my child about this. Like, fortunately, this, the critical race theory and the things that are going now, mm-hmm. we never had to deal with that. Yeah. That, was, that was not a thing when he was in school. And now it's not going to be a thing because we're teaching him. But in that, you know, I I foster that. I feign it. Hey, go ahead and go run in the rain. Go climb the tree. Go jump off the rock. My daughter, the same thing. Just because you're a girl, the standard is still the same. Mm. My expectations are a little different because she's a different person than him. But yeah, like if he wants to go and yell and climb and fight, let's go yell, climb and fight. You know, uh, Noah Ravoy, you, you and I had a discussion on him and his kids. Mm. Very similar. You know, I don't hold them down. I let these kids flourish. Yes. And I think that's, that's an important part of this is that these men have this sense of shame around themselves. I mean, to the point, dude, where I've worked with men who are like, oh, I've got to rub one out before a date because I'm so horny. And I'm like, be horny. Yes. Do that. Don't neuter yourself. Go ahead and go on that date and let her know, like, you're a beautiful woman and I'm a man, a healthy, sexually vibrant man. I would like to have sex, but they numb themselves from
1: that because they think it's a bad thing. That's, that's exactly it. They numb themselves. They numb their masculinity. They numb their, numb their masculine intent. They numb their desire when they do that. I can't imagine, yeah, like that's the, the worst thing you could possibly do. You want to be like, because what you feel, she feels. Like if you want, you're the, you're the leader. You're the emotional leader as well as like the physical leader in your interactions with women. So if, she, if you want a woman to feel sexually charged, you have to go there first. You want to be the one who's like, you know, you're not, you're not like leering on her and like, and you know, and like grope at her in in a a restaurant, you (laughs) know what I mean? Like on a first date, but you let that energy, you let that sexuality, that that sexual drive come through in your, in the way you talk with her. And it's like, it can be something as simple as the way you look at her, the way you smirk, the way, the the, the tonality of your voice, all these little sub, sub communication things help convey that you're a man, not a boy. Right, And you're not afraid of being a man and showing that you're a goddamn man. And I, and I think... Go ahead. No, no, keep going. Keep going. No, I was go just going to say, I think that in that,
0: that's where we're seeing these issues between men and women. Yeah. These men are numb and they can't figure out the women and the women are like, well, you're you're a numb dude, but they're also yep. getting all this other messaging. And it's just all the wires are jacked up. Mm. Yes. But I will say, online, there is a sort of echo chamber to a degree mm. there has to be. You know, you, yep. you follow like-minded people, you're going to get that. Yep. In my world, I do see a lot of overweight parents. I do see a lot of the issues we talk about. A lot of harpies, man, and it's getting worse. But I also do genuinely see some very healthy kids running around. I mm. see a lot of mom and dads who were parents of kids that I coached for my kids baseball team that were, you could tell like they had it going on. Like they were mm. healthy. They were happy. They were kind of like just flirt with each other in the sidelines. And I'm like, that's what right looks like. Yes. So I don't ever fall into the pit of despair. So what we're talking about a lot of the issues because obviously we want to discuss maybe some solutions for our listeners right now Mm -hmm. who are kind of, Hey, that's me. Don't, don't let the dark clouds and you know, the, the shame and the taboo and all this stuff, people are winning. There are a lot of people winning, but those people are doing the things we're talking about. They're like, yeah, Yeah. I love sex. And I'm going to go on this date with this girl. We're going to have a great time. You know, and it's just, is what it is. I go play with my sons. I, I raise my daughters to go be champions as well. Like these great things are happening in the world, but there are a lot of people who need a lot of help. And that's why I'm really hmm. glad, again, that you're talking about the things that are sort of off limits to most content creators because they're afraid of yeah. getting getting blackballed or banned or censored. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. And it's like, well, don't be a pussy. Like,
1: if you believe in something, talk about it. And yeah. that's why I'm glad we're talking about it. And I think uh, a lot of the re- you know, most people end up in that sort of pit of despair is because the internet likes negativity. Yeah. And, you know, these these examples of these couples you're talking about, they're too busy living their life, enjoying their life. They're not going to be on the internet, <laughs> like being like, "Look how good my life is." They're like they're living it. They're having a good time, and I really like the dynamic you you sort of put out there of that you have with your wife, where it's like you talk openly about, you know, as a guy who talks about openly about fatherhood, you know, and traditional values and things, but you also talk about, uh, um, you know, unapologetically talk about. How your relate your sex life with your wife is is charged and it's active and it's 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 fun and it's flirtatious, you know, all the it's it's how it should be. <laughs> Heaven forbid. I have this my 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 uh, my take on like a healthy relationship dynamic is is like your woman should be wanting sex from you more even more than you want sex from her. I think that's a very healthy. You know, male-female dynamic in a relationship, in a long-term relationship, is is where is one where you're so like she is so attracted to you, she's so she desires you so much, she's so turned on by you that she's like kind of constantly nagging you for sex is like kind of the ideal, right? Because what happens all the time is guys getting guys end up in sexless marriages where they're constantly trying to chase their wife or try to coerce, not I mean, persuade their wife to give them sex like oh if I just do the dishes if I just take the the trash out then maybe the wife will give me a blowjob. and it's like well no man no sorry like yeah, doing I'm, the dishes I'm, gets your hands wet not your lady exactly and it's like you you you're done your your frame in the relationship is wrong your understanding of of attraction is wrong your dynamic is wrong for the for, and it was obviously wrong from the very beginning and this is kind of one of the segwaying a little bit here but this is kind of one of the things I teach guys <laughs> oddly enough I have a lot of married men who. Take my video course and, and and read my books and 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 watch my YouTube channel. Actually, had one of them come up. I was on a date the other day and actually had one of them stop, uh, walk past the cafe. He was like, "Are you Sterling?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah." And he's like, "I watch your YouTube channel. Thank you, man." <laughs> it was kind of That's how you know you made it. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of weird. I was like, "Damn, this has never happened before." Uh, but I get a lot of emails from, you know, uh, husbands and guys in long term relationships being like, "Thank you. The stuff you've taught me." has recharged this the sexual energy in my relationship with my with my girl. And it's because I'm teaching them to lead in the bedroom. I'm teaching them to be more dominant in the bedroom, and it's not, you know, it's not, you know, all whips and chains and BDSM stuff. Like when when guys hear that, they think, "Oh, I'm 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 not comfortable with that kind of stuff. I I I could never like, you know, tie a girl up and whip her or whatever." You don't have to like, calm down. Let's take it down if you are not <laughs> You went to level ten, man. I'm trying you to. Get went you went to level ten. You don't, you don't have to go to ten, all right? Or I, I actually give guys a, no, no joke. I actually give guys like a sliding scale of like zero being like very, very tame and vanilla, and a hundred being okay. You you would be comfortable getting into a BDSM relationship at this point if you wanted to. You don't have to, but you have the tools and yep. understand to do that. And most of, most of this stuff is teaching guys how to be comfortable. With this stuff, it's, it's, it's a small element of teaching men how to approach this, bring this up with their woman and how to baby step a woman th- through various sort of stages. If you want to if you want to do more sort of kinky things, you want to do things that are a bit maybe more more dominant, more physical, uh, more perverted. Cool. I, I show you guys how to baby step a woman. so She's comfortable with that. And But most importantly, that most of that comfort comes from her knowing that you're comfortable, her being comfortable with you leading it. Because you've got to have congruency, you know. If you want to be the guy who's gonna, you know, pin her hands down and, and, and whisper dirty things in her ear, you can't do it half-assed. You can't you can't be the guy who's like, oh, you look really pretty. <laughs> like that's not gonna, that's incongruency. That doesn't doesn't work, right? So you've got to have that congruency in yourself. You've got to be comfortable in your intent and and confident in your like. Look, I'm a man. This is what I want. This is what we're doing. I'm gonna take you on a roller coaster, baby, and you're gonna enjoy yourself. And when guys adopt this mentality of being more dominant in the bedroom, lo and behold, their wife is into them again. Their, their girlfriend is like, you know, giving them BJs again. The girlfriend is, is wanting to fall into her naturally feminine role, being more submissive, being more agreeable. She's not nagging him anymore. Surprise, surprise. If you lay in pipe properly, they don't nag you. And, you know, you obviously know this
0: because you, you talk about this. It's it's interesting how people, they never apply this to marriage, though. I'm glad you brought it up in this context, because when I bring it up, they're like, oh, you know, the family man. What do you really know? You're just been with the same woman for this amount of time. I'm like, the, the rules are the same. <laughs> like, yes, I get it. You know, like I, I fully understand what they're saying. You know, like, oh, you know, you're I'm not in a relationship where, you know, I can we're having sex. Well, well I am. But. <laughs> the rules, these the steps I took to get there are mm-hmm. the same ones you would take if you wanted to get to that point. Yes. You know, and it's they truly are more agreeable, having a, a better time. The relationship is happier. Mm-hmm. That's how it should operate. And this can be done after decades together. You know, you just have to maintain it. But I, I, I was wondering in your class, in your video sessions, do you start with the man focusing on his interactions in the relationship or with himself? Hmm. and how he treats and the things he does because that's that's my angle
1: but i want to hear your take on it before i share where, where i kind of see it well it depends what he's coming to me for like if the guy's coming to, if a guy has has problems so for example things like you know if he's having a performance anxiety problem erectile dysfunction problems premature ejaculation problems uh, delayed ejaculation that's another whole problem that especially younger dudes have these days i i i get them to start with themselves. Because it's you know it's it's a it's either a problem up here in their head or there's something wrong with their plumbing. So it's like, all right, well, let's look at your lifestyle. Let's look at your let's look at your diet. Let's look at your exercise regime. Let's look at how stressed out your life is. What are you what, what's the things What's your you know average stress like? How much sunlight are you getting? What's your estrogen exposure? This is a big thing. I'm I'm a big fan of uh, every. I believe every every man should go out and read the book Esterogeneration. Generation. Yeah, you really fucked me up Anthony. with that one just to let yeah. you know. Have like, you like, of it? it? no, yeah. but
0: you said I started researching it. You sent me down the Ooh, rabbit right. hole, dude.
1: Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but you you, need, you needed to you needed to know. Uh, so quick tangent, yeah, Estero Generation by Anthony J. If you read that book, you'll become very paranoid, but the the last chapter will give you solutions to the problem. So basically it talks about all the estrogen mimicking compounds that we are exposed to in our average life and in the Western world or actually all over the world these days in our drinking water, in our showering water, in the phthalates that are in the perfumes and fragrances and soaps and dishwashing detergent that we use, uh, things that are all the additives that are in the plastics that we use and all these estrogen mimicking compounds end up in our fat cells and they cause hormonal imbalances, particularly in men. Plummeting our testosterone, uh, effectively, you know, making us uh, more feminized, and that's why you know male T levels have been dropping year on year for the last fifty years. Surprise, surprise. That's why dudes are a lot more. F- people are like, oh, older generations weren't like this. Well, yeah, because older generations didn't spend their entire life being pumped full, est- full of estrogen, basically. So there's a reason why men have are kind of fighting an uphill battle. There are things you can do about it. Get his book. He prescribes, you know, gives a bunch of prescriptions to fix it. Uh, the first, most important, easiest thing you can do is get an activated charcoal uh, filter for your water. That's the easiest thing you can do. Um, anyway, side tangent. Back to, yeah, so I get guys to look at themselves, look at their diet, look at uh, look at the thought patterns they have in their head first so they can fix the problem with themselves so they can then perform better and have a better time in the bedroom. Uh, when it comes to sort of this, the pleasing women side of things the sexual dynamic well there's actually a a couple of it depends again it depends sort of like where they're um like where they're comfortable right where where are they currently at in their headspace are they comfortable leading in the bedroom if they are comfortable leading the bedroom well then i'm gonna then i'm gonna focus on the woman more but if they're not or if they're not comfortable sort of leading and being dominant yet then i'm i'm working up here first
0: yeah and i think that's That's the most common of what I see. Rarely do I see a very dominant man who's uncomfortable with his woman. Normally, it's an insecure Mm. man who's uncomfortable with his woman. You know, and and outliers outliers obviously exist. You know, but in that, it's it's always, and I'm going to speak from the married perspective from what I see. It's the guy who was doing whatever. He was crushing it. Maybe he did Muay Thai. He had a motorcycle and he was just motivated to grind at work. Got married. Fast forward. He dropped Muay Thai. He dropped hanging out with the bros. He no longer Mm -hmm. has the motorcycle. He's comfortable. And now he's like, well, why isn't my woman, you know, lusting for me anymore? And lust is a real thing. You can Mm -hmm. see in a woman's eye when she's hungry for you. I saw that shit this morning. You know, there's just like her eyeballs want to eat you. It's fucking crazy, but it's real. And that's how it should be. You know, and when you see that, you're like, yeah, we still got it. Like, it's like an indicator of things are working properly. Yeah. And with those men, though, I'm like, what did you used to do? Go back to that or a variation of that, or at the very, very least, start looking at yourself as somebody who's worth you know, a damn, somebody who is of value. You, I see these guys trying to self-sacrifice their way to happiness. They're mm. trying to, if I buy my wife the nice house and she gets the nice car, and then I get my teenage kids nice cars and everybody's happy, and they'll love me while he's driving this piece of shit, you know, whatever, because he doesn't think he's worth spending money on or buying himself new clothes or, or whatever it is. They never view themselves as, well, I shouldn't spend money on joining... Uh, Cooper's group or Zach's group. I shouldn't spend money on myself. I should just put it towards, you know, whatever. And I'm mm-hmm. like, bro, that's your fucking problem. Go out and go back to your, your, your combat sport. Go get punched in the face. When you're comfortable standing there, your hands will stop shaking when you're going up your woman's shirt, you know, and that dominance will, will bleed into the other one. Cause you know, you're a man again, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it, I would say 90% of the issues that I'm seeing with married men or long-term relationship men is they have no hobby and they don't know how to be good at being a man. So therefore, they're not
1: a good man, and therefore, no woman is going to be attracted or desire them. This comes back to the idea of, of you know, we, we kind of lack men's spaces today because, you know, rewind the clock, you know, 100 years something. I we used to have a thing called gentlemen's clubs, and I don't mean strip clubs. I mean actual gentlemen's clubs. No. You know, the dude, dudes would hang out, have a cigar, have, a, have some whiskey, and just talk the shit with other men. And just be around other men. You'd used to, you know, you used to have men's athletic clubs where it was just men exercising together, and that's and it's important. You know, when you if you're if you and I can could, I could say this. as a guy who works in an industry which is mostly females. Like if you're just around, and this is again another thing that kind of led me down this path. If you're around just women all the time, as a man, it sort of it diminishes your masculine energy. I'm not gonna, that's that sounds a bit woo-woo. But that's just the honest to God truth. If you're just all round women all the time, you will have less of an edge to you. You need that you need to be around the bros, the your boys, the guys, and kind of recharge that competitive side to you, that aggressive side to you. And that so you have that masculine polarity so that when you're around your woman, she can feel that. Because she's not gonna give that to you. Like other men give that kind of competitive aggression to you by being around like by being with them by you know even if your boys just by shooting the shit by by you know ripping on each other by by subtly competing with each other about anything doesn't matter what it is but that's what charges you up so that you can then be the be more masculine with your woman and create that kind of that yin and yang you know what i mean but it starts with having well, having self-respect, <laughs> thinking you're yeah. worth a damn, yeah, and going out and actually creating time for yourself, because those are the things, like you said, those are the things that made you attractive in the first place. If you if you take that away, you 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 take that spark away from yourself. Like, why would you why would you do that to yourself? I think most guys, are, again, they've kind of bought into this sort of feminine narrative, like happy wife, happy life. Oh my god, <laughs> and and it's like well, no, no, dude, no. You get you got to, like it's in this day and age, it's fair to assume. That everything you have been taught since childhood is the complete opposite of what you should do. I mean, look at the okay, the food pyramid, totally wrong and backwards, and and upside. Like you shouldn't your foundation of a diet should not be a ton of bread. Eh, wrong. <laughs> okay, uh, you know, happy wife, happy life. Actually, that's complete bollocks. If you appease, if you just put your woman on a pedestal and try to appease every all of her whims, she's going to disrespect you uh, and lose attraction for you. You want to be leading the interaction. You need to be giving your woman what she needs, not what she says she wants. Right? Because women don't really know what the hell they want. For most, for the most part, they're not very—they're not uh, self-aware enough. You know, like these are all things that it's—it's—it's kind of sucks that we have to like. And this is part of my been part of my journey for the last, like, you know freaking 15 years has been like well like why like i've been given this roadmap of the world and it's not working what is wrong with it so my roadmap must be wrong okay time to figure out what the actual truth is and what how the world actually works so and this comes this comes back to me saying that i think it's important for fathers to sort of teach their their kids this because the world sure as hell isn't the world is going to teach your kids the complete opposite and it's going to it's all it's gonna do is it's it's gonna turn them into obedient tax slaves. That's all it's designed to do is to churn out obedient, simpy tax slaves, which are easy to control, easy to easy to fleece for money. Okay, you work yeah, you work your work nine to five, work your you know, your paycheck job, pay money to Big Daddy government, you know. Uh, bow down to Hollywood, the Hollywood narrative. Bow out, like, uh, 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 applaud all of our hypocritical uh, celebrities who just spout platitudes all day. <laughs> you know, it's just such garbage, man. I'm, I'm going on a rant here. No,
0: no, it's good, man. Let
1: it, like, I, like
0: I said, the the organic nature that, like, that's genuine. Like, what, what you just shared, that was a genuine frustration and awareness, like, kind of inter intermingled. And it's Mm -hmm. beautiful to see. And I did want to ask you, you know, and I don't, I don't even know if this is too personal, but was there a, a moment or an event, or was there anything that sort of like cracked, you know, and let the light out of your head? Mm -hmm. Because it seems like, you know, very intelligent. You went into it, you started seeing the space, you know, you're laying pipe for fucking money. Like what a life it is. And you're like, no, there's more. And -hmm. I want to, I want to find out why. And was, were you always that way? Or was there a moment that sort of sent your mind on the path of, I really want to figure out the the nuts and bolts of all this
1: and not just get along to get along. It was, it was several moments. I think Uh, like I first, so like years, Jesus, when I was like, probably like when I was like 24, 25, I went, I got invited to, I I applied to this sort of uh, entrepreneurship conference and I got introduced to the idea of, I'm an Australian in Australia. We don't have libertarians. It doesn't exist really in Australia. So like, that's not a concept. Uh, So I got invited to this, uh, this, conference in eastern europe that was run by these american self-made millionaires and they're all what you would call like radical libertarians (laughs) radical like they really really want to be left alone so i i was okay i was exposed to this idea of like okay well maybe like the 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 monetary system isn't as solid as you might think so that was like the first crack in the foundation like the fiat monetary system might not be as like the fact that the u.s federal reserve just prints money hmm this isn't as stable as you it's kind of a, a bit of a, a bit of a ponzi scheme it's a bit of a, a deck of a house of cards let's say that right so like okay that's the first chink in the armor of like this worldview i've been given and then it and then it went on to, to you know to learning about like male female dynamics and, and relationship problems i'm like well why am i having these frustrations and then i'm looking up guys on youtube figuring out like kind of going in what you might call the red pill space a little bit and then in 2016, I got introduced to Milo Yiannopoulos, of all people, <laughs> uh, and he he kind of destroyed the, the feminist narratives for me. Say what you say what you will about Milo; he's a very bombastic character and, and uh, you know kind of controversial, whatever. But he was the first person who'd introduced who just he was in an entertaining, funny way just destroyed all these feminist lies for me. And I was like, holy shit, he's right! Like all this, like. I looked up the, the data and stuff he was quoting. I'm like, God damn, all this stuff is wrong. I've been lied to about like have I been lied to about all this? What else have I been lied to about? And that's kind of where the the, the ball got momentum. And I'm like, holy shit, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. You know, uh, food. I went and, and actually before that was I w- I uh, went down like the the rabbit hole of the paleo diet. I read uh, one of the most influential books in my life was The Primal Blueprint by Mark Sisson. Yep. That really flips the food pyramid on its head. Really I've actually got in. that book right there. That is an excellent book. It's a fantastic book, man. And if you read that book, you will never have health problems. Again. If you read that book and do what it says, you will never have health problems again. I
0: was going to say, that's a big part of that. A lot of people read and listen. They'll listen to this podcast. They'll read the book, but never apply the information. So apply what you learn, (laughs) apply what you just heard, you know, don't be well listened and well read, apply and you will change your fucking life. But if you just listen, nothing
1: changes. (laughs) Like if you, if it means reading less, like read less books and do more, like read one book and apply it. And then after you've applied that, then you can read the next book, you know, do but do first and foremost. Yeah. And so his stuff really flipped a a lot of things on my head, on its head for me and being and. And it was, and it's crazy, man. When you, when you start doing stuff that's against the mainstream narrative, against like the, the traditional, the blueprint we've been taught, uh, since kids, people start looking at you weird. Like I remember I was living with, I was living in like a share house. I was like a younger man and I had to of my roommates and they were, they're always like cooking pasta and stuff like that. I'm not trying to shit on pasta, uh, but just like very, very carb heavy, you know, food, processed food and stuff. And, uh, and I started doing my paleo thing and they're like, Oh, you're so weird. Why are you doing all that? What, what are you? T- don't, don't, don't worry about it. Don't stress out. Blah, blah. And then three months later, I'm jacked and shredded. And they're like, how did you do that? I'm like, no, Jesus, you watched it. I, I tried to tell you, <laughs> you just wouldn't listen, you know? And it's, and you get, you'll get that. You'll get people like trying to be like, Oh, that's unhealthy. That's not sustainable. You can't do that. That's not, uh, that's uh, it. Can't be healthy, like cutting out carbs can't be healthy. I'm like, well, I'm not saying cut out all carbs, dumbass. I'm just saying eat right, eat the right ones. Yep. You know, and it's you start once you do once you do this the first time, whether it's with diet, whether it's with like I don't know finances with women, family, whatever it is. Once you uh, you sort of oppose one narrative, you'll start to see people who are really really plugged in kind of push back against you a bit like you've changed you're not you're not the same man i used to know you're blah, blah blah because you having you using a different roadmap and having more success than they are it screws with their worldview and most people don't want to do the hard introspective work to improve themselves most people don't want to sit back look at themselves in the mirror objectively and be like all right where am i fucking up what have I got wrong? That's a big one. That's something that most people, the think the the one thing that I have seen with people who are successful and people who are able to like change their life for the better, you know and flip one of these paradigms on their heads, is they have the capacity to admit that they were wrong about something. If you have too much pride and too much ego, well, I mean pride, but it's too much ego, you, and you don't have the ability to, to admit, I was wrong about X, Y, or Z thing, then you're never going to be able to change. You're never going to be able to improve yourself because your ego is holding on to the, I must be always right about everything. My, my way is correct. My, my, my worldview is correct. No, no, no. Maybe parts of it are correct. Maybe you're wrong about this thing and that thing. And so maybe you should actually listen. To these guys over here who are doing a little bit better than you in this area maybe well that that's the important part
0: too is when you see somebody who has what you want or is living a status you want to get to and they say hey i did xyz don't argue with them about it just go apply xyz i can't Mm -hmm. tell you zach how did you get your marriage you know we've been together since 2003 you know dating in 2008 we got married how do you are you still you know the sex, the happiness, you know, like even something as simple as sharing like, yeah, like my wife and I laugh a lot. like we mm-hmm. have a lot of fun men and they're like, well, I don't even have any fun. Well, try this this, this, no, that won't work. Well bro, what the fuck do you want me to tell you? <laughs> like that's what I do to make this work. It does work, but you don't like that or mm-hmm. it's perceived as too difficult and you'd rather just stay the same. you know and, and with these guys, a lot of what I'm seeing is there's this sense that we've all heard it, you know, when you change you act like the mirror. You're reflecting their inability to do something. That you're, mm. you're getting jacked. You're a mirror to them. You're showing their mediocre choices to keep eating that pasta. They couldn't yep. overcome it. I think there's a threshold there. I think when you first change, be it going to the gym, dressing better, uh, focusing on like building the side hustle, maybe getting involved with crypto, or you're, you're just changing things from what you used to do. Mm. There's a limited window where people are going to flex on you really hard. You're crazy. That's not going to work. Let me hold you in the bucket. And then if you can break past that, if you can just like make it through that that week or whatever the hell it is of time where people keep talking shit, you'll find people who start cheering you on. They're like, fuck Mm -hmm. yeah, go with that crypto. Keep you know avoiding the pastas, only eat your vegetables, get your carbs there, you know, all these different things. You'll realize your peer group doesn't want you to win. Yeah. But when you make it, when you succeed and go to that next level, you're now with people who will cheer you on, even if you surpass them. Like if you get more jacked than me, I'm like, awesome. Let me catch you. Let me get some of that Phil Foster pre-workout. You know, I'm catching up, but you know, you know, whatever it is, you know, if you're making more money, all right, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to chase, like, look at the Tate brothers. I'm going to get a supercar. Awesome. I'm going to work for it. You know, whatever that thing is in your life, you'll Mm. find people who are like, good. And then when you pass them like, oh shit, I'm going to clap for you, but I'm going to chase you. And then you pass them and they clap for you. And now they're chasing you and you're surrounded by winners. And that's, people aren't used to that because everybody's. When they're comfortable, they're like, oh, we'll just stay in this
1: bucket. We're happy. Everyone's comfortable being a loser. Yeah, don't be you. that guy. <laughs> that's, th- there's layers to what you just said there, man, because th- surrounding yourself with other men who, who are winning and who are going to compete with you and hold you accountable, that's, that is a masculine thing. That's a guy. Th- it's a fundamentally masculine thing, being competitive. You'll notice that the guy, like everyone else who doesn't want to be competitive, they're probably not the most masculine guys around. If they're shitting you, if they're the crabs in the bucket drawing you down, they're like, no, don't make me do the work, don't, don't outcompete me. I don't wanna I don't wanna work against you, blah, 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 They're probably the more effeminate guys they're weak. in your life. They're <laughs> weak. They're not I'm not like just call a spade a spade man. They're weak. And it's totally okay. Because we've been like, yeah, a whole the whole Western world right now tells us, like, mainstream media and whatnot tells us, like, it's okay to be weak. It's okay, like, we we we. For some reason, we've got to the point in modern society. i got rant incoming, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Standing by. For some for some reason, we've got to the point in society today where we praise weakness and victimhood. You know what we used to do? We like nowadays. It's like. It's the oppression Olympics. It's like, oh, I'm disabled and I'm, I've got ADHD and I've got bipolar and I've got all like everyone loves just l- putting all these goddamn labels, these limiting belief labels on themselves because it, for brownie points from these idiotic journalists and celebrities that don't actually give a shit about them. They're like, oh, look, I've, I've got all these problems with me. Woe is me give me more attention right what we used to do is we like okay this like this guy came from the ghetto and now he overcame that he overcame this disability or this setback or this handicap and now look at him look where despite all that in spite of all that he went out and he kicked ass and now he's a millionaire or he's an a world-class athlete or he's a whatever That is what we used to do. (laughs) As you're saying that, I'm
0: realizing we used to see people who had every excuse to fail and use that as fuel as if he can do this, I can do this. Bingo. And now it's reversed. I've got every excuse to not win. And that's why I don't win. Oh, we champion it. Go, you're right. You don't have, no. Like, but again, you asked about how I filter my kids. We don't fuck around with participation trophies. We don't fuck around with any of that kind of mindset. It's like, look, we're going to work hard for what we have. Mm -hmm. When, When COVID hit, I was like, we, we had already prepared for this. We had cash put aside. We had our food put aside. Dude, I thought like, honestly, this was going to be a big deal. Like, they pre- yeah. In the very beginning, I was like, man, this might be a really like big thing. Mm. Obviously, like within the first two weeks, I'm like this is bullshit. We're fine. Yeah. <laughs> but we were ready. And I had no point because I'm always like government, leave me alone. You know, that's why I said you're lucky that you met all those libertarians because yeah. it's good to meet people who kind of instill that in you. Like, I think that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. But when I saw it, I was like, yeah, let's go. Like, stay out of my business. I'm safe. But then I saw these people who used to say, government, stay out of my life. And they're the first ones in line banging, where's my stimulus check? I'm like, what the fuck, guys? You don't want the government
1: with you. But now that it's dark, you want them to protect you? That's not how that works. This personal I responsibility. Not, I, I did not take any of those government checks. Proudly said, nope, don't want them. Don't care about them. I me. threw it into crypto. I like wow. <laughs> that's probably the smarter thing to do. I'm sitting here being a dumbass. I'm like, well, I could have just taken that money and put it into Bitcoin. But <laughs> it worked out. But I have, I'm standing by my principles. Damn it. This is good. This is good. I sold out to the man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a goddamn sell out. Uh, but that's the thing, man. It's. <clears throat> they'll, yeah, they'll sit there and they'll be like, They'll say one thing and they'll they'll flip on their principles in a second. Speaking of the whole COVID thing, you like know, the moment I was living in LA, uh, I luckily have escaped Los Angeles. I live in live in Florida now, the free state of Florida. Congratulations, uh, thank you. Uh, love DeSantos. he's a he's a baller. Uh, <laughs> but Los Angeles, total shithole. Uh, and when the COVID thing hit, I was the same. I I thought, holy crap, is this actually real? I I bought into the lie, and then it took. I got it. And I was like, I had like cold chills for one night. And I was like, and the next day I was totally fine. I was like, is this it? That was was the thing everyone's so scared about? Like, holy shit, this is a load of bullshit. And then I looked around Los Angeles. I'm like, wait a minute. If this is so deadly, where are all the dead homeless people lining the streets? Because they're everywhere under the underpass. They're on every goddamn corner here in LA, but none of them are dropping dead. And I would assume, Zach, that the average crackhead has a weaker (laughs) immune system than a well-fed, sheltered adult male, typically, typically. If you talk to Ed Lattimore, though, he does say that the crackheads (laughs) have the best work hustle out there. So maybe Uh, they're just outworking us. (laughs) They have hustle. I'm not, they do. They definitely have hustle. (laughs) I I like that that crackhead work mentality. (laughs) I love Ed. He's, He's a good man. Uh, I just, I just missed cross, like because I, I when I was in Portugal, I got to catch, I got to meet Noah Revoy who you mentioned yep. uh, earlier, and uh, yeah, and like look at the, the dynamic between him and his kids. Uh, but I just missed out on me and Ed's. Our timing didn't quite, quite work out. We were in Portugal in slightly different times, which is a pain in the ass. You know, earlier you were talking about uh, the money, the the marriage relationships,
0: and then you know the health misconceptions. So I was wondering, you know, uh, people would they be they might have an issue with me if I don't ask the questions. So what are the top three these guys are hitting you with when it comes to sexual health? What are your top three that you changed with your wealth and your mindset around money? Mm. And then has your profession, and I'll repeat these in case, because I don't know, dropping nine questions on you. But your view of relationship and, you know, you said you wanted the family. How has that changed from early years till now? Yeah. So for sexual health, the top three things
1: that you see guys keep bringing up. The the top three problems that I get guys coming to me about one it is performance anxiety. Uh, two it is a, what they think is erectile dysfunction, and they'll the, quickly distinguish the t- between the two. Performance anxiety is all the stuff that's up in your head. It's all the reasons why you're not why he's not raising himself to attention, but, but is caused by your thoughts. Erectile dysfunction is to do with the plumbing. You know, it, is your blood flow on point? Is you know do you have good nitric oxide production do you have good cardiovascular health are your hormone levels in check what's your testosterone level your free testosterone like these are all things uh, that contribute to erectile dysfunction because they're to do with the actual plumbing and the way things work erectile dysfunction oh uh, sorry performance anxiety is all mental and you getting in your head right those are the big two and honestly you might think that it would be like premature ejaculation that is a bigger problem that tends to be a problem with older dudes, but what I get a lot more questions about, honestly, is delayed ejaculation. And this is this comes from younger guys in particular because, and this is why I tell guys not to watch porn, because they have spent their whole kind of pubic puberty years, formative years, fapping to internet pornography, having a million different tabs and browsers open, and they've trained their body to need constant massive variety and novelty in order to achieve and maintain sexual arousal this, this is a
0: big one uh, you you had shared that in your presentation and honestly I, again i can't wait for that to drop you know shout out to donovan for for kicking that mm-hmm. thing off because that when you hit that i was surprised you know i, I obviously i thought it would be the reverse i thought it's like all right 30 seconds and you're done no matter what because you're mm-hmm. you're watching a clip and you're done but i hadn't thought about it from that angle so that's that's very interesting to me
1: because a lot of a lot of these young guys and i and and I know I'm correct in what I say because I, I hear the I hear the same problem from women. Like, oh, when I'm with... The, I hear women tell me, like, when I'm with younger guys, they can't get off. Because if a dude has spent his whole, like, teenage years masturbating to, like, internet porn and seeing all these different naked women and stuff, then one beautiful woman in front of him is not as novel as... 20 different porn tabs so his his brain and his body just aren't desensitized yeah he's not able to lose control because it's not novel enough for his brain so first first thing i always told dudes to do is just and it's it kind of affects my bottom line but whatever the hell i'm like stop (laughs) watching pornography it's not helping you in any way there are contexts in which you can use porn you know if you want to like introduce a a, a new fantasy in your relationship okay let's what let's have sex and watch watch this particular porn together and maybe the two of us can get off and 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 experiment with a fantasy in a safe way that's a cool context in which you can use pornography uh you can also use pornography for like what i call strategic masturbation so if you have the opposite problem which is not as common these days but premature ejaculation you can typically that is because a guy uh when he masturbates he masturbates like He's in a race. He's like, I'm going to fap in like 30 seconds. I'm done. Okay. Well now for that guy, that's the one circumstance where I'm like, all right, let's, let's deliberately masturbate and edge and try to last longer and use porn as like a training tool in that way. That's the one context in which I will tell guys, okay, this is, this is an acceptable way for you to use this because it's going to train your body to, to last longer. But for most 99% of dudes, I'm telling them don't watch porn. Uh, so I guess I kind of gave you more than three there. Hey, but there you go. Over deliver. Uh, over, deliver. <laughs> over deliver. Over deliver. Over uh, deliver. Let's let's skip ahead to the to the, the to the women one because what was it? It was like, what's my? Um, yeah, you have to repeat the question again, Zach.
0: Yeah. I, I figured. So th- for the relationships, <laughs> it's what's changed. You know, a lot oh. of guys they're chasing. You're talking about family. I'm wondering, in your line of work, with what you've seen, has it changed what you look for in a woman? Has it changed mm. what you value in a woman? Yep. You know, in, in our space, it's all like, oh, no, just have sex. Like, no, there's there's more to the body. There, there, yeah. There's a lot going on in the mind that has to align if you're mm-hmm. ever going to go beyond, you know, just sex, yes. especially absolutely. with the family. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. It's absolutely changed what I look for in women. And look, I, I, I'm, I'm a country boy from a small 3,000-person town in, like, rural Western Australia. So to me, like, part of the reason I got into this industry was, like, this was, like... Sixteen-year-old Sterling's fantasy is like, I've grown up. Around, all all the women I see are, the, are just girls that I've grown up with, and I'm bought and like are not attractive, and are just like, you know, farm girls. I'm like, oh, okay, what do you do? And it's like, then there's like the the allure of the the glitz and glamour of like Hollywood women and and women in pornography. I'm Like these women are sexy. All right, I want to try this stuff out. And after and once you after you've had a certain amount of sex, after you've had a certain, like, sex with a certain amount of women, it becomes, it's, there's not much that, like, sex is, like, a tool. I look at sex as a tool these days for, it's a tool for, for having, for, for a healthy relationship dynamic with a woman, if anything. And it's a stress reliever, you know? But sex, sex in itself isn't, it doesn't have this sort of magical, mystical quality that it had when I was 16. It's, and so, like I'm looking for what with women. I'm like, well, what what can a woman add to my life beyond sex? Because these days, unfortunately, most women, most young women, they think all they think that they uh, um, all they bring to the table is sex for with a to for a man for like being in a relationship, and they think that's all they have to bring. They think that's the be all and end all is because that's all that Hollywood tells them is like, <laughs> was it like friggin', who's that who's that trashy uh rapper like Nicki Minaj or whatever yeah he's like you know the WAP the WAP uh, yeah oh, it's like like, Cardi like, B or something yeah Card- yeah Cardi B or whatever that's what that's what young girls are being taught is like your only value is your sexual agency and your only value is you know sort of slotting slut- yourself up and being uh, and like looking that way and being as like promiscuous as possible and i'm telling you this guys as a as a dude who has sex with with professional porn stars as a guy who's been you know in this industry nothing beats genuine desire you can have the most beautiful woman in the world in front of you and you can be having sex with her but it's not the same that's not as fulfilling as a girl who's less attractive but she is mad about you totally different things uh one is way better than the other and so for me it's like what do i look for in a relationship it's like well i look for a woman who can bring more to the table than the average woman which is more than just sex don't get me wrong i like i i like beautiful women i like women who are who are attractive you know and and who are good in bed but there's a there's a standard there that's a bit higher than most guys and it's a lot higher than i would have had when i was a younger man when i was a younger man all i looked for was just the vagina. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, that's kind of all. I was, like that was my stand it Was like, is she beautiful, and does she have a vagina? Okay. Well, here's check, here's check, check. <laughs> check, check, Right. But like, as I've, you know, as I'm like, I want to have kids. I want to have. I want to like, because I'm the only one left. My my brother doesn't have kids. My sister, my older sister doesn't have kids. I'm like, and I'm the smartest one in the family. I'm like, goddamn, I've got to I've got to pass these genes on. I've got to pass my father's name on. I've got to make sure I've got to make this happen. I can't, I can't, uh, I could die tomorrow. So I got to put some babies out there before that happens. Do it. <laughs> got, to prov- got to propagate this line. And, and, and because like, I, I feel like guys like you and me and, and the sort of groups that we hang out with, the groups of men that we hang out with, we're, we're the minority on the, on the planet right now, at least in, in the Western world. So it's up to us to act like <laughs> we should be having like 20 kids, Zach. <clears throat> we need guys like us, really need to like propagate because we need less dumb asses and more intelligent, masculine men <laughs> For in the God. world. So, <clears throat> if anything, anyone listening to this, if you share, if you share a similar worldview to Zach, have twenty kids, not not one. So, <laughs> get out there and pop out some babies. Uh, <clears throat> so there's that. There's, that's, that's the goal now. Is like I want to. Pu- I'm no, I'm not actually joking when I say twenty kids. I want to have twenty kids. It's fucking awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, and that might be f- two with with several women. I'm not, I'm probably going to have a very different family dynamic and, and relationship dynamic than what you have, Zach, but I'm still going to pick your brain about how to be a good father and how to, how to manage that. You know what I mean? So I'm going to take from, from different places and, and create my own kind of model. You know, that's
0: a, That's an important, and honestly, I don't even know how to have the discussion on it. I'm probably going to try again, you know, maybe get a panel of guys on mm. that element of this discussion. It gets lost. Like we're having a very large discussion here. Yeah, yeah, And in that moment, that that little sliver needs so much more attention because when people hear me speak, they get this preconceived notion that it's got to, be, I literally have the nuclear family in the literal sense. I've got my wife from high school. I've got my son, I've got my daughter, and we live in our, our nice little home and we got our dogs and our cats. And I understand my role. I fully understand what that looks like. It's literally cookie cut, boom, you did that thing. What they don't see is how different this little nuclear family is than all these other little nuclear families. Yeah. You know, but they also don't see how I could talk to someone like you and you're like, oh, I want four women, four kids each. And I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. And here's a great way to manage blah, 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 the different yeah. personalities, the, the different issues you're going to have with this brother versus that brother of your your sons, you know, or the daughters mm-hmm. or whatever. That's more important. It doesn't matter what the the relationship status is, what the relationship, you know, label. Like, I don't look at you and I'm like, oh, single. Like, I judge you in the merit of your character, not on the... the relationship status that you're checking off on Facebook. And that's why with guys like the the Tate brothers, you know, they're good examples. I can talk to them the same way I could talk to Jeff Putnam, who has nine kids from the same woman. Mm. And I can have the same exact discussion because it's not about your, your lifestyle and how you run it. It's simply family. It's simply fatherhood in whatever context that is to you, you know, and these guys are looking for permission. I need to live like him. I need to live like him. No, you need to live like you. Whatever right is for you is how you'll be able to manage it. Because if, if Sterling, if you try to fit into my bubble, you're fucked. You yeah. could not do what I do. I could not do what you do. You know, it just, that's not how I'm wired. I built what I wanted. Jeff built what he wanted. Uh, Tristan and Andrew, they built what they wanted. You're building what you want. That, we need to be more comfortable with things being different and just dealing with the men and not so much the dynamics that are involved in there. That's that's missed in so many discussions.
1: Yeah. I think that was, you had, you had one more question about finances, so I think, right? It was like, yeah, a, that was, uh, so
0: I was going through the health, wealth <clears throat> relationships. So you hit health, okay. you hit relationships with everything going on. You know, you're in a position where you're, you're coming up, you're looking to establish yourself as a family for a lot of people. Money is a very taboo thing. It's mm. either something that's never discussed or it's something that's so hyper-focused on that. It, it almost negates like, I'd rather go make a million dollars. Yeah. But you didn't spend a single day at home. You were gone the entire year. So you're a shitty father. Like Steve Jobs, dude, changed the world. Great businessman, horrible father. What's your priority? Well, you know, for some people, who cares? That's great. For somebody like me, he fucked up. He had he should have found a way to balance it, and he didn't. You know, mm-hmm. and so there is a good discussion to be had there. So I was wondering, with your
1: view on uh, wealth as you're coming up, how are you looking at it, or how are you approaching it? I like to have I have, my, have a couple of pronged approach, and that is like one, I want lots of different cash flow streams. Because I believe I'm, I, I like cash flow, I like money, I like different sort, like different businesses have bringing me money in. So, you know, I currently have a couple of those, and I'm working on a few more this year. <clears throat> so that's that's basically the goal, and that way I know that <clears throat> that no matter what, like, I'm very pro crypto, I'm a very very pro crypto kind of guy i see it has a very very long, i think it's a very long-term future i don't think it's just like a meme investment i think it actually has a genuine purpose in a long-term future uh but at the same time i understand that the, the the real the real world operates in the fiat money system so okay well i want to have the best of both worlds I want to have i have my long-term crypto investments where I will where I funnel fiat into for the for you know for five ten years down the road then i've got then i'm totally secure that way and i've also got Enough money coming in from various different income streams that I am basically <coughs> financially free. And primarily, these are these are I like to have income streams which I I like to build systems. Zach, so I like to build systems that work for me when I'm sleeping. That you know that are generating me money, generating driving me traffic, whatever. When I so I and I don't have to be constantly behind the machine tinkering and moving it. I can come in every now and then and, and, and optimize it and add to it, you know. So I like to focus for a while and build a build a build a little business or build a little cash flow stream. Focus on it for a few months and then bang, it's done. Okay, I can step away and it can work for me when I'm not around. <clears throat> because for, and, because talking about money, like for me, the, the purpose of money is to live a life of my own design. That's the ultimate reason how want I want money is so I can build this life I want, and a large chunk of that is freedom and time freedom in particular. So it has to, I have to be at a balance. Okay, I don't, I don't, like my goal is basically like 10 million liquid. That's kind of my goal, you know? And it's a pretty solid benchmark to, uh, to aim for. And the reason I picked that, I'm not gonna, actually, it could even be less than that. I talked, having talked with Tristan Tate, uh, who is a, you know, him and his brother, their net worth is something like 30 million. And he said to me, he's like, you know what, like after you reach 2 million, anything above 2 million doesn't really doesn't really change anything until you get to like 50 million or 100 million. Yep. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, look like if you had 2 million if you were 2 million liquid, I'm 30 million liquid, we would be like the things we can buy are basically the same. We would be staying in the same hotels, driving the same cars, uh flying the same being in the same in, in business class together. You know, like the like <clears throat> the next level above that is like basically owning a, a yacht and owning a plane. But to do that, you have to be in like the 50, 100 million kind of range. Yeah. So he's like, after like two million, you're kind of like in the same ballpark as everybody else between two million and fifty million. It's just a case. It's just a game. It's just a game after that. So I'm like, all right, cool. Thank you, Tristan. You've given me a benchmark for me to aim for. And it's like, okay, like ten mil, I'll get to that point. That's that's the goal in the next like a few years is to get to that point. And uh, yeah, build and then be able. Then I have the time and the freedom and the resources to build this lifestyle I want to build and have twenty odd kids and and feed the damn things.
0: It's beautiful. It's a, it's a great vision, you know, and I can see it for you, you know. And one of the reasons I bring this up again is sort of to touch on that taboo nature of it. Like people hate talking about money, and I don't know why, but that diversification. I'm really glad you brought that up. Mm. Is uh, Chris Johnson? I watched him come up through Twitter, and then he blew up on an Instagram, and now he's just crushing it. Yeah, that dude. He's the one for me that made it click. That mm. we're so conditioned that 40 hours equals X paycheck, and he's like Zach you could sleep and make that same amount of money and wake up yeah. and you're like, oh, I sold 30 things. You know, like when I woke up today and I looked at my phone, I'm like, oh, cool, I made eight sales. That was, in, I slept. I slept yeah. and sold, you know, eight mm-hmm. things, whether it was membership to FOE or if it was Father from Out of Times course and Gumroad, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, oh, I was sleeping. When I shower, I make money. When I shit, I make money. Yep. And as a family man, people, they always default to you go to the factory for 40 hours and then you come home and that's your paycheck. Yeah. Well, what if that factory says, you know what? We don't need you because COVID chop. Well, now my family's fucked. Now my family, you know, now I've got to run around or like these guys who are stressed out because they hadn't prepared, they hadn't saved, or they only had one income. They never touched the resume. Mm-hmm. They weren't ready for that. And that's, it doesn't scare me, but that fuels me. I don't ever want yes. to be caught. If you shut down one stream, I've got nine more rivers. All I need to do is pivot a little bit, maybe get some more water flow in there. Easy day. And like you said, from there, once you do the one, Leave it alone. Go to the next one. Those are built up. Come back. Edit this one. Update it, and then go to the next one. Build that. Then edit those other ones. And now you've got these ten things that are funneling money to you, and you're mm. you're just enjoying the process of living. Now I can live I my life with my kids, and I'm not worried about. Hey, I'm sorry I can't do this or that with you because I've got to go work for this guy. Yeah. I work harder, and he makes more money. That's not how that should work.
1: I also like that it makes you hard to fuck with. Yeah, it <laughs> it it makes it make no. It, it makes you. Cause you know, cause I, I, I kind of got canceled on, on, in my, in from my industry on Twitter uh, a couple of times in the last year uh, for being too opinionated, to, <laughs> Keep to, making to, waves, man, <laughs> for having opinions outside of the what's deemed acceptable in the adult industry, heaven forbid, for, having a, for thinking that men should be masculine <laughs> and, and women and women should be feminine. Oh, sh- Burn them <laughs> Contro- at the stake. Controversial opinion. <laughs> Get the pitchforks. Uh, and that kind of reinforced this idea to me of being unfuckwithable, like of like, okay, well, if I have all these, if I have a diversified income, and 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 more importantly, no one really knows what those incomes are, yeah. they can't come after me and cancel them. They can't being uncancellable, being unfuckwithable, having that security, having that, um, you know, I'm not depending upon upon a corporation that where I'm basically expendable to them if they decide to turn my lights off they could and uh, i think a lot, especially guys who you know who are in this space i want to see guys like you and me succeed Zach. so i want to see guys who are you know watching your stuff watching my stuff succeed guys who have this kind of worldview like i said i want them to have like 20 kids cuz we need more guys like us <laughs> and i want to see them make money so you guys should be the ones out there building the the small business like don't work for one build one like be the be the owner be the guy in charge and uh, a really good book for guys who are actually maybe who might be maybe like blue collar or more, more like hands on or even more just like uh, time sensitive work. The E Myth Revisited. The E Myth Revisited. Very, very, very good book on learning how to separate your time from being like a technician to being a manager and sort of stepping back and running things. Uh, incredibly useful book for guys in that situation. It's interesting that you bring that up in a quick story. I went from the
0: military to when I got out is towards the end of my time in the Navy where I was like, that's, that's what brought me to this whole space. I was getting out. I was like, all right, where are the men? Like I got to find a new tribe, a new brotherhood to roll with. And I found all these issues and I'm like, I didn't know we had a masculinity problem. <laughs> the the yeah. Marines and Na- the sailors I'm running with they're dudes, like we were men's men doing our thing. Yeah. And I left and I'm like, what the fuck happened? Mm-hmm. You know? And then I realized what was going on and cool. You know, I jumped on it and everything you see now. So the family alpha, the, the blog, the podcast, I was doing all of that commuting to my job at my job. I was writing during my lunch breaks. I was doing coaching calls, commuting back, I was doing YouTube videos. I built this while working a, a your quote unquote, you know, uh nine to five. I worked my forty mm-hmm. hour weeks, so there's was an hour commute, which sucked. So that was a fifty hours of the week for somebody else. But I built my thing on the side. Mm-hmm. And for these guys that are listening, you know, like, well, I don't have the time. Well, you yeah, do. Sure. You do. You I skipped a lot of, you know, bullshit time and I, I worked. You know, yeah. I worked my fucking ass off to now. This is this is what I do. You know, and it's it's possible for anybody. I've never heard of that book, The E Myth Revisited. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, definitely it's, check it out. It's just anybody think, can do this. We have so much power on this freaking device right here. We infinite possibility, and people are watching cat videos. God, <laughs> <laughs> like just use that time better.
1: You know? Yeah, I mean, it's like people who say like I don't have the time. Well, no, you really don't have the the drive. You really don't want it enough. Then That's if you well say said. you don't, if you say you don't have the time, we've got time like it's not like you have to go out and hunt for your dinner like think about it like the world we live in today you can you can click a button on here and have your groceries delivered if you really want to if you really want to you can save that you can save time very easily in lots of different things lots of different ways what you really lack is like your compelling reason why you're going to put 50 hours a week in like why you're going to work during your lunch breaks on your own thing, why you're going to work on your own thing on your drive home. Like you're going to maximize every little second you have to try and break free of this system that doesn't serve you. I'm going to drop that. I'll give you, I'll quote it to you though. I'll give you credit for it, but it's not that you don't have
0: time so you don't have the drive. That's good. All right, Sterling. What, you know, start wrapping this one up. What is, Coming down the pipeline for you. What's your next project? I know you're traveling. I know you got a lot going down, but what's the next? You know, big milestones you're looking to hit.
1: Um, I'm actually off to the Ukraine in uh, in about a week weeks time. I'm going out to have never been to Ukraine. Going out there for a friend's birthday. That's gonna be some fun. Uh, I've got some business. Uh, I've got a guy moving in. Uh, a good friend of mine from Louisiana. He's moving in with me here in in Miami. We're going to be starting up some some like an agency out here in Miami, maybe managing managing some, uh, some female talent uh, in, in my industry out here, trying to do things a little bit differently. That's one project. I've got a course coming out relatively soon this year. Uh, it's my, I've had a lot of guys asking me about dirty talk uh, and how to dirty talk properly in the bedroom. And uh, there's so many different th- elements to dirty talk that guys don't really realize. It's kind of like, it's actually, a, it's actually um, like dirty talk in the bedroom is actually a way to kind of hypnotize a woman and hypnotize her in a good way. You know I mean? I'm not talking about like swinging a watch in front of her and like getting <laughs> her to like cluck like a chicken. Uh, I'm talking about like dirty talk is a way of sort of reinforcing the correct relationship dynamic with a woman. And this is something that most guys overlook. So I'm actually building a, a dirty talk course, which I've had a lot of guys ask me to do. So that's kind of the next big thing that I'm dropping uh, on like on from, from my side of things. Yeah. And um dabbling in a few other things on the side yeah, but that's the big one that's coming up. So when that do- when that does drop, I will uh, you know, I'll let you guys know. There we go. So you
0: mentioned sterlingcooper.com. Where else can people find
1: you if they're looking to connect or find your work? The easiest place to, if you want to get some free totally a bunch of free resources, uh, like f- tons of f- free advice on performing better in the bedroom, uh, overcoming issues like performance anxiety, how to get how to get wood better, uh, go to my YouTube channel. Just type Sterling Cooper into YouTube. My channel will come up. Uh, S T I R L I N G is how you spell my name. Some Americans spell it wrong. That's the that's the best place to go find me. You'll see a ton of stuff there. I also have an Instagram uh, at Cooper Sterling, and I'm also very very. I'm, I'm less active on Instagram. I'm very active on Twitter. I tweet out any any thought that comes to my head uh, at Sterling Cooper X, and that's 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 where me and Zach connected. So uh, you'll you'll be able to see. Uh, why we connected because of all the stuff that I tweet out all time. No, I really dig it. You know, and for everybody that's made it to
0: the end of this, you know, I hope again, you're not just listening because, you know, Sterling dropped a bunch of quality content, but you need to apply it. you know, like the information shared here is fantastic, but if not applied, it's, it's pointless. Mm. We are living this. We are doing this. We are going forward. If you're listening to this, don't be a consumer, you know, don't just listen and take it in. Like, that's awesome. That's good. But apply, learn something, then apply. And then, you know, just around the consequences of that action. See what happens. Maybe something that you wanted to happen happened. Maybe something you didn't. Well, fuck, this didn't work. What can I do? Reach out to Sterling. Follow him on whatever social media platform you're active on. Reach out, go to the YouTube. Maybe he has a video on it, you know, but don't just sit here and be like, oh, that didn't work. Throw it in the bin. No, try it again. Try it again. Try it again. There's no need to have a less than optimal, you know, sex life, a less than optimal uh, health and physique. There's no need for it at all. But again, are you lacking on time or are you lacking on drive? You really need to ask yourself that. Sterling, I want to thank you for your time, man. I know you're busy. I appreciate you coming on here.
1: No, dude, it was an absolute pleasure. I'm glad we got to uh, you know to do this chat again. I had a great time hanging out with you in Vegas and uh, I know we'll do this again. I'll, have you on, I'll get get you on my show sometime. We can talk about fatherhood from a uh, real perspective. I'd love that.
0: Yeah, let's do it. All right, for everybody that tuned in, this has been another episode of the Family Alpha Podcast. Take care.
1: Thanks for listening. You can join our private, men's only community at the fraternity of And don't forget to find Zach on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Zach Small underscore.